Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome to Breakaway Wealth Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And today I have a very special guest, Matt Anderson. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, I know Matt, uh, or I was introduced to Matt through his dad, Jim Anderson, and, and he has a, um, the second longest tenure here at Create Tail. When I started the company back in 1988, and Jim's been with me, it seems like, from the, from the beginning, but I guess it's only been about 10 years or something like that. And, um, and, uh, and Jim is sunning himself in Charleston, South Carolina right now with Matt's brother and, and his family. So, so uh, Matt, you only get me today. Your pops is out probably playing some golf, huh? I bet that's probably what he's doing or hanging out on the beach or something. That's right. That's right. Well, Matt, give me a little bit of background. You're from Iowa. Just kind of tell me, uh, tell me yeah, a little yeah. bit about yourself. Your so, family. Born, born and raised in Sioux City, Iowa, and more, lived in Morningside for uh, the majority of my early life. Eventually my parents moved to Sergeant Bluff. And so, um, from there, I, you know, I kind of developed some interest in um, pharmaceutical law, actually. And so I'm actually mm -hmm. a practicing intensive care physician right now. And uh, I don't know how I particularly decided to go after pharmaceutical law, but that's what it brought me to South Dakota State for my undergrad. And from there, I kind of um, switched as I found out I could actually do some of the classes. I didn't know if I was smart enough to go into actual medical school and stuff. And so I... Um, you know, I got through that and I eventually got into the USD medical school. And um, from there, I went to Madison, Wisconsin and did a residency in emergency medicine and uh, spent two years after that doing a critical care fellowship. And I worked in Madison for a year. And now my wife and I have uh, moved out to Rapid City, South Dakota, and she's a, a practicing allergist here nice. in town. And, uh, I work at the main hospital at uh, Regional Health. So. So, you know, Matt, when you said you weren't sure you were smart enough for medical school, there wasn't there a national test that you actually scored number one in the nation on? Huh. Well, actually, so how it works is in undergrad, you had to take this thing called an MCAT. And I, I didn't score like near number one or anything on that. Right. But in emergency medicine, I, yeah, I actually, there's like a, you know, you do like these practice tests before you take uh, yeah. like the main board certification test. And one year I, tied or something like that is the number one score in the country. So, uh, so as the audience, as you might be uh, getting a little bit of a feel for Matt here, audience is that Matt has is very humble. Now, no one is pops and being on the golf course weekly with his pops. This was not something that was passed down from, <laughs> from uh, his dad. No, I'm just teasing. No, I'm not better. I'm not better than most. No, I'm not. Yeah, that's right. Better than most. Well, but, and since your dad's not here, we have to rip on him a little bit, but we'll probably right? keep it yeah, right there into that, to that, that, uh, well, those comments. I, I did, to be quite wife. honest with you, I did get something yeah. from my dad, though, as you say, something brought down. And, you know, my dad, yeah. um, you know, my work ethic and things I got from my parents, I think yeah. did come down from my dad. And so his is, you know, better than most. And mine has always been kind of doubt me than watch me type of thing. Um, yeah. Because I'm more of the, uh, you know, I, I like kept my denial letters from medical schools that I didn't get into. It's like, I'm I remember that. 
And your so, mom told me that. That's right. And so I've but, always kind of, you know, I carry a chip sometimes. And so that's, uh, I get that from my dad, though, I think, too, because uh, he's, yeah. uh, that's a little bit of what, where he comes from. So now your dad, kids around a lot about better than most, but your dad's a pretty humble guy. And oh, on the man. golf course, he's normally about 10 strokes better than anybody's playing. And he, and he doesn't rub it in their faces. I mean, he does take our money, but that's about, you that's know, about what he does. Yeah. He's, yeah. He hasn't started um, taking my money yet. Well, you'll get there. You know, you're, he, he won't feel so bad because now that you're out of residency and everything else, you've got, uh, yeah, yeah, you can afford it now. And so, okay. Rapid city. That's a cool town. A really, you know, a uh, progressive town kind of reminds me a little bit of Denver, kind of the, the weather and, and everything. So when we think about being a doctor and training for a doctor, how many years did you go to school, by the way? Uh, let's see. So I, it depends on what you consider school. So it's after eight high school. school, so eight years of school. And then it would have been, I mean, I get kind of paid a little bit. Um, not nearly what I, I mean, it comes out to be like eight bucks an hour or seven bucks an hour right, for, right. for the hours you put in during residency, but I do get paid. But if you go all the way from the time that I had my truly first job where I wasn't working under somebody else, it yeah. would have been 13 years. Okay. 13 years, 13 years of schooling to become a doctor, critical care doc, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and that's a specialty. That's why it's a little yeah. bit longer than if you're just a general uh, practitioner sure. or um, physician. How many, how many classes, economics classes, how many economics classes did you have? Um, you know, I wish I would have got an MBA when I first yeah. went through. Um, <laughs> right. Literally uh, none. I mean, there yeah. wasn't an actual class. And even in undergrad, I did biology and stuff. And so it was more of science stuff. And so yeah. um, I've been more or less self-taught in some areas. And, you know. It, and that's. We yeah, don't get any training as physicians, to be quite honest. Despite you get getting, no training in money or economics or business. No, nothing. It's, I mean, it's uh, you come out and you are pretty much. Uh, and some people did do stuff before that, so I shouldn't say that I'm. You right. know, but I would say I'm probably the norm, and uh, the majority of people that went into medicine, you know, they took some science classes, biology, chemistry, things like that. Very few people do economics or business majors and things like that. Right. Um, because it doesn't have the same tie-in as, as a science does to medicine. And so, um, yeah, I mean, sure. even, even in medical school, like we get, you know, a counseling session more than anything. It wasn't an actual like, hey, this is this, this is that. Um, you know, this is what a 401k is. This is what a Roth is. Like, here's what you need to get disability and umbrella coverage at your house and all these things that you need. Um, it's like just talking about student loans, really. And don't spend uh, money on Starbucks. Get regular coffee because that Starbucks coffee is going to cost you four times what you paid for it after you pay your right. And that's about yeah. That. Lost opportunity cost on that money, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. stuff that you've learned on your own since yeah. then, and that you've mm -hmm. studied. But think about that. You're gonna okay. You're 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 gonna be a doctor. I'm not saying you, but you you know you're just going through medical school. You're just the the average med med student out there, and you're gonna get a job that's gonna pay you an uncommon income, hopefully. Yep right? A higher than normal income than the average American is going to make. You could be running a multi-million dollar business yeah. and really you get no training. No, no, none at all. Now that seems like a big flaw to me, but so, you know, um, you know, obviously your dad being with Create Tailwind and knowing about infinite banking and cash flow and real asset investing, you know, he introduced you to infinite banking. 
a few years, how many years ago? Five? Um, so it would have started, I started when I first got into residency, my first year, okay. so it would have been like six years ago now. Six so years ago. Years. And by the way, you, you have grown your system considerably over six years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you've done all this on your own. Um, and you've kind of broken away from the herd, the herd being the people, the docs that don't get any of this training, kind of think that their profit sharing plan is the greatest thing of all time. And yeah. it's a qualified plan, which if doctors don't understand that the qualified plan is not, is not designed for you, right? Um, because by the way, if you're at a higher income, now you've spent 13 years, right? You, mm -hmm. somebody could have started, um, working in the Ford motor yeah. plant and had a, and th by the time thir they're 13 years in, they're making really good money yeah. and they've had 13 years of income. So you've sacrificed that, got all that so that you can make a higher income from that 14th year for the rest of your life, as long as you're yeah. done. Yeah. But still to break away from the herd, what was it in your mind that you just thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to figure out a different solution. Well, it's probably, you know, to be quite honest, was from my dad being there and, uh, you know, introducing me to the idea of learning how to, I mean, the, the concept of infinite banking, or if you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, infinite banking. We like that. Yeah. I mean, from my standpoint, it, I was so naive at that point and so fresh that, you know, I didn't really even know better, I guess, you know, I, I know about securities at that time, you know, you get some like classes in high school or something where you right. like, buy securities with fake money and run a checkbook and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But, and so, you know, that's what I thought, you know, that was kind of the way to do it. And, you know, it was reliable and it's the way that everybody does it to, to get, to get rich. And that's what I thought. And then, you know, I, and don't get me wrong, there's a million roads to Dublin, but I like the idea of being able to control my own money and be able yeah. to control the ins and outs of what I'm doing with it and being able to really take on the responsibility of not only being the debtor, but the creditor and that type of thing where I, you know, I learn about cash flow. And yeah. I think from that standpoint, the, learning about that has been immensely helpful for um, not just my, in my family, but also, you know, helping my wife with her business and things like that, that, um, you know, the things that we're getting into now, um, whereas, you know, you can't do it with the, the old, you know, the old way of 401ks and, and there's, and I shouldn't say that, you know, there's anything horribly wrong with those things. Cause they're, there's, there's a benefit to them, but for, at least from my standpoint, it's a small benefit. Um, mm -hmm. nobody's ever going to be able to live on in retirement on a 401k, what you can put in a year, you know, right. you know, if you have a certain lifestyle going on, there's no way you can live through that. And so, um, in the ups and downs of securities and things like that, um, you know, I just found that the guaranteed concept and the ability to control where my money goes, um, was more within what I thought I would like to do with my money. Um, and yeah. again, that's me personally, and but I also believe that it's a, a great way to do it because you gain a lot of knowledge into more than just what everybody else does. And right. it gives you a better insight into really how money and economics and cash flow works um, when you use something like the infinite banking concept.
Yeah. No, that's a great point, Matt. And, you know, Nelson Nash, he says, if you understand what's happening, you'll know what to do. So once you understood the flow of money, how really people are trying to get the money to flow away from you, and you said, wait a minute, I don't want them to control my money. I want to control my money. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you said, I'm going to have a lot of money come through my hands relatively to the average person over my career now. And I've got this debt I got to pay off. Yep. And I want to, I don't want to pay interest to other people. And I don't want that to happen in paying cash and incurring lost opportunity cost. You know, that's not a, that's not a panacea either. So what, like what you, you know, you just kind of started taking it over and you, you started your system smaller, right. And, yep. and then it's just kind of grown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I have um, at this point, let's see, one, two, three, four, six different, policies i think is what we're wow. right now that's awesome um, so and we're taking you know we're recouping our all of our debts that we have and so you look at you know you mentioned 13 years you know you spent 13 years i mean i got paid the last few years but not right. enough to make full payments on my loans or anything but you i mean yeah i left school with 400k oh, the minute i walked out of residency i walked out with about three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars worth of debt Plus yeah. all the interest and everything I'd played before. So I was probably in the realm of, you know, 450K for those eight years to get me where I'm at today, which is, you know, it's a huge, uh, a huge amount of money. And then you add on my wife too. She also has debt and yeah. you know, we're, we're taking that over though. And so we're not having to pay somebody else. Uh, yeah. We're paying ourselves at this point. Right. And so. Um, well, that's really so, I'm sorry, go ahead. And we do that for everything. We did that for, you know, when we were in residency, you know, if we would have put our money into, um, you know, the standard stuff, a Roth or 401ks and stuff like that, um, we had the ability to be able to have cash flow that, you know, when we needed a new car, uh, we had the money to purchase the car. We bought the, you know, we bought the entire car with cash through yeah. our banking system and then we pay ourselves back. And we've done that with right. both our previous cars now. And so um, it offers you the more, I mean, you could take money out of 401k, but then you pay penalties and you pay your underlying income tax anyways. And, you know, yeah. I, I just find that this system works better for those types of things than what the traditional system would offer. And, um, you know, and then you already mentioned it, you, you have that opportunity, you know, lost opportunity cost. The minute that we were taking the money out of that, it's gone. And so right. we're able to kind of continue to recoup that with the plans that we have in place. So it's kind of nice because you get both. You get this money growing inside of a tax shelter, which yep. as a doctor, thinking of being in that 0% tax bracket when you yep. get into retirement is exactly. re- reduces a lot of the stress that you might feel about how much am I going to have to pay in retirement. Plus, you get to use the insurance company's money to go out and pay off these debts and to finance your major purchases, maybe pay your taxes. You've even loaned money to other people with the right collateral, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And all of this at 33 years old in six years. Now, I mean, quite honestly, I wish I was 33 years old when I learned about this and I've been using it. I'm 53. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, uh, so I think that's really, really incredible. And it's really cool. And you, you, you know, your dad showed this to you, taught you about it. And then you um, did a lot of studying on your own. I mean, you, you did, participated yeah. in your education on that side of it, right? I did. And so I did both sides, you know, I'm a, I'm a skeptic. Yep. To be bluntly. Um, yeah. I look at both sides. And so, you know, I follow a, a guy that I respect, uh, one of the, the white coat investor, I follow his yeah. blog 
And he yeah. has well known to not um, have the same beliefs that I have with respect right. to the utility of the infinite banking concept. And so I went to both sides and I did my research and I, you know, looked at the pros and cons and there's no perfect investment. That's the biggest thing I'd say out there is that, you know, you're not going to find one thing that's going to fit, you know, you perfectly. But what you have to find is something that you can, you can live with. Um, right. You know, most people throw money into stocks and they have this, um, what's called the uh, planning fallacy. They think that they're going to, you know, make this amount of money through their securities and through their, you know, whether it be, you know, hitting it big because they think they're going to be the next Apple or they're going to be the next Amazon that they're going to be investing in. And they don't have any of kind of the loss aversion um, that they should probably have, meaning that they have understanding that there's risks associated with that. And my, me personally, I think that the, I'm not a big gambler and I wouldn't say securities are gambling because as long as you, I would, <laughs> well, it is, it is. But if you use it like low risk, so index funds, for instance, okay. that, you know, kind of go with the market. There's still, obviously there's risk, right? And yeah. undoubtedly there'll be another one, two, three bear markets, maybe more before I'm at my retirement age. Absolutely. And the question is, is for me at least is when is that going to occur? And you have no idea. And you have no idea. And so for me, I know that these companies, I research it. I mean, you know, these companies pay out dividends. They've been around for hundreds of years. You know, when I look at how would I lose my money in these types of things, it would be only if these companies were to go under. And if these right. companies were to go under, it's not just me that's going to be in trouble. Our whole country is going to be in trouble. And you know, the whole economy, yeah. I mean, the world is going to be exploding. And so yeah. um, I think that that's where I get it, where I like these as well, because I don't feel the, the pressure of loss with these. Um, right. It's continual gain. And the only loss that I can sustain is if I take and move my money, you know, you mentioned, you know, loans or um, into investment opportunities, which I, I'm still going to do because I think yep. you have to take some risk with what you do. But sure. I don't have to. I, I know with these things and the way that we have it planned out, if I get to a certain point with my policies, I will have financial freedom when I want to have it. Yep. Now, I personally don't think I'll ever probably really stop working because I love what I do, be it <clears throat> either in medicine or even in now in finance. But um, these, th th there's some, you know, it's that little security blanket, I feel like, that you don't have with you know, the uncertainty of the future. And I really don't think, at least from my standpoint, I, I know that the returns may not be as astronomical upfront, you know, w when you use whole life um, or infinite banking concept. Um, but the, the security blanket that I feel like is there, for me, at least it makes me sleep easier. You know, I don't have to right. worry about God, what happens if Trump throws some tariffs on something and China doesn't like it and the market crashes five grand tomorrow. Yeah. And if I need some of that money that's there, now it's gone. And so yeah. just um, one of those things where I don't really like uncertainty. I don't really like gambling. Um, I don't like losing my money. And so I like to compound my money. And um, it's, it, that's really another reason that this fits me pretty well. You know, it's uninterrupted compounding, too, because like you said earlier, if you have to make a choice, let's say you're 10 years down the road and, you know, you have an opportunity that comes along and you say, well, gosh, am I going to take this money out of this account that I have, maybe pay taxes, maybe pay penalties 
to buy this opportunity, that's a lot bigger decision than to say, I have this cash value inside my insurance contract and I'm going to take a loan from the insurance company to go buy this other business. Mm -hmm. hey, I'm a big boy. If something happens, I just know I, I'm going to pay them back. Yeah. Pay back the, the loan so I can go redeploy this money again. Yeah. And, you know, people don't really want retirement. What they want is financial freedom. And you yeah. mentioned that. But you also mentioned something else is, uh, you know, obviously you went to school for 13 years to be a doctor. That's where your passion is. But you felt so strongly about taking control of the banking function in your life that you're actually coaching other people how to do that now. Yeah, yeah. And so it's something that I uh, I like it and I, I believe in it. And so it's become something that, you know, whether it be my colleagues, my friends, um, trying to get other people um, that are in my area interested or into it if they uh, have interest, you know, it's just something that uh, I, I believe in. And so when you believe in something, um, you know, you often want to share it with people because it's somewhat liberating. Uh, you don't, yeah. in the, the uncertainty type of thing to me, it just, it would just, it just kind of eats at me when it's there. And um, I, I like the idea of having a certain thing, something that will be there and I can, you know, utilize the stuff that's there in whatever way I want to try to improve that. But then I at least know with what I've done, it's going to be there. Right. Almost a hundred percent certainty. Cause again, the world would end if these companies and stuff go out of business in my opinion. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. These companies are as financially stable as any company that you can imagine and their yeah. reserve requirements and their, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty amazing and how they make money. You mentioned the mutual company. So there's two different types of insurance companies for the audience, for the people that don't know. They're stock companies and they're mutual companies. And those companies are required by law to distribute the profits to the owners. Well, stock companies are owned by shareholders and mutual companies are, whole, are owned by policyholders, yep. policy owners. So when we buy an insurance contract with a mutual insurance company, we in effect become a a owner of that policy or that company. So we, 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 you know, we have some more control and, and the company operates differently than in a, in a stock company type of environment. Yep. Um, you know, so when we think of what, what was the one thing, did you have like an epiphany or, you know, a, when we think of breaking away from the herd, was there something that happened or just something that you heard? Was it the control thing? What was it? that if you could pinpoint it, that helped you break away from the herd? You know, to be quite honest, I, my wife and I sat down and talked about this when we first were looking into it. And both of us have the same philosophy, I think. And since I'm married and I know my role, you know, uh, I kind of went along with, you know, what she was saying with, you know, we aren't, you know, we're frugal people. We are somewhat risk averse type of people. And when we both came together and said, you know, what we want to do is, you know, have a guarantee. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't have to have that worry because we're going to be fine. You know, my family's never not going to be able to, you know, have put dinner on the, the table and stuff like right. that. And um, this is just a way that we know we can be there from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. When we get older, we can help you know, with what we have going on with our, our banking systems, we can, you know, we'll, we'll be blessed to be able to help our kids with certain things, our grandkids, our grandkids, grandkids, you know, this is, um, for me, we, you know, we're, we're more of doing this, maybe even more as a legacy type of thing, even, 
because of the ability of this concept to be able to to grow. And then with the tax-free death benefits you get, um, that outperforms any any stock or any, you know, for the most part. Now, you, if you would have bought Amazon when it was three pennies, then you'd be, you know, a billionaire. But, you then know, lucky. Um, yeah, exactly. But for every, and I, I would say this, for everybody that's done that, there's way more people that have lost. Right. And, you know, if somebody's getting a dollar, somebody undoubtedly is losing a dollar. Um, right. So um, from our standpoint, you know, this was a ability to not only benefit, um, you know, us, and our generation, but also potentially future generations in our family and, um, you know, things that we can help set up either trusts or things like that through this exact same concept to be able to support our, you know, future generations of our family too. You know, I think that's really important. You know, Nelson says that in, 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 um, in becoming your own banker in the book, he talks about think at least three generations ahead, you know, you, you, your children and your grandchildren, and um, for you, you're, you've got some policies on your children. Yeah. And so, you know, you're going to use that cash for your lifetime. Maybe you'll loan them some of the cash. Yep. And then when you die, they're going to get their policies inherited. They're going to inherit their policies. And then when they die, their children are going to get the death benefit. So just on those policies alone, you've created this generational legacy. Yeah. But the other thing that I think is cool, because again, because I know your children are young, is that there's a possibility that your children will never have to walk into a commercial bank and try to get a loan. Never walk into a car dealership when you're in trouble by saying, hey, okay, how, um, how much are my payments gonna be, yeah. right? I'm gonna set that. Yeah. I'm gonna get the loan. Just give me the best cash price. Exactly. And that's, and, you know, people would say on the same end, you know, uh, oh, you can pay, you can always get 0% interest for all this, but ultimately you're also, you're probably in those scenarios actually losing money. Cause most of the time when they're offering you 0% interest, and then we just did this with, you know, we just used our banking to finance our new washer and dryer house, you know, mm -hmm. they would have given us 0% interest, but then we don't get the cash off the top. You don't get the best price then. And so, so you're yeah. always losing if you if yeah. you do it that way, if you can finance things on your own, you you maximize your ability to profit on that purchase. So Matt, you brought up a great point: zero percent interest. Now, there's always this. There's a huge word. Now it's only two letters, okay? But it's a huge word when they offer you zero percent financing. You know what it is? Uh, or. or so yeah. it's always zero yeah. percent financing or $3,500 cash back. It's never and. <laughs> yeah, it's never and, it's mm -hmm. or. And I'll give you a perfect example that our friend down in Texas, Todd Langford uses in one of his examples, is he uses a $30,000 car, right? 0% mm -hmm. financing or $3,500 cash back. Now, if you do the math on this, and my numbers, I'm gonna round my numbers. I'm, I like to use round numbers is you're buying a, what, what really happened is you bought a $26,500 car because they've already established that's the cash price yep. for 30 grand. Mm -hmm. So you paid all your interest up front. And if you do the math on that, that's over 6% interest. They got, for, you. they got you, right? It's always or. Now, if somebody says, I mean, all of these, you, you know, utilities or I mean, are like uh, appliance places, you just say, give me the best cash price. Yeah, that's, that's I don't want the 0% interest. Yeah. No, you, you financing, if you're going to finance something, 
there's a reason that financing brings in billions of dollars and that there's banks every on every corner that you look. And it's because yeah. financing is the easiest and probably one of the safest ways to make money. Absolutely. And, and why would you not want to do that yourself? And so proponents of this or people that are against it, you would say, oh, you got to pay this upfront you know, fees and commissions and all these things. But the way I look at it to tell people would be that, you know, you're buying a bank. You know, mm-hmm. if you wanted to go put a bank on the corner, it's going to cost you way more than the commissions and fees you're going to pay up front for, uh, you know, the whole life policy that you can be your own banker in. And so, um, and ultimately fees and those types of things and commissions, if, unless you do everything on your own as a high, especially for any professional that's listening, you know, most of the time you should make sure that you aren't paying, you know, assets under management. You know, you are going to get completely, completely taken advantage of, in my opinion, if you pay assets under management, because at 1%, if you have $10 million, eventually, you know, 1%, you're giving somebody a hundred thousand dollars a year to do something that if you did this on your own and I'm doing on my own now, I will never pay that money to anybody else because I have a system in place and I've learned about this enough that in the end, I'm saving myself on all those things. You're right. And, and even, even in any other type of security or 401k or anything like that, you pay fees and more or less commissions to somebody for everything. And so um, I just bring that up because I know it's one of the things that a lot of people um, that I talk to have issue with initially. And I think right. that you really got to look at the big picture and just say, you're paying it up front. You're, it's like you're buying a business, you're buying a bank in, you know, nothing in this world's free. And so you got to understand that, but the ability to make so much by being able to finance is going to overcome that cost, um, you know, years down the road. And, and, you know, one of the things that we do at Craig Tailwind, as you know, is that we don't charge anybody a fee because those things, because we're going to help them get the insurance and we're going to get paid from the insurance company. Um, we don't charge them a fee to coach them, to help them with or provide them promissory notes, um, amortization schedules, everything else that they need to make this a legitimate loan and they need in the records they need to have for, for the IRS and for their CPA. Because the insurance company pays us to do that, we don't charge anybody a fee. Yep. Now that that the insurance company allows us to do that, right? Mm-hmm. The fees that are associated with mutual funds, like you just said, at thirty three years old, you're gonna be thirty four in a couple of weeks, yep. right? Yep. Thirty three yep. years old for the next forty years, fifty years, sixty years, who knows how long? Mm-hmm. The impact of those fees is so much. It's a, it's a, such a multiple of what you would ever pay for, to establish a infinite banking type of policy. Plus, <clears throat> Matt, we reduce the commission by sixty percent the way that we design the policy. Yep, exactly. Yep. So it's so it's would, a win win. That would be one thing I would t- tell people though. You got to make sure when you are looking at these that you need to have a place like Jim, you and my dad do because if you go out there and you go to some people that aren't specializing in this and you ask for it, you know, you need to make sure that you have it properly structured because if it's yeah. not properly structured, those are the people I feel like that give, um, you, you hear all these, you know, again, I go back to the white coat investor cause it's someone I follow where they get all of right. these bad, you know, Oh, I get an email from somebody every day about this. Well, it's 
because somebody's not structuring it. They're not actually doing it. They're saying that's what it is, but they're not structuring it and they're not working for that person. And it doesn't matter. You know, I could say this about some physicians, you know, it's every field, every specialty, every anything has people that um, maybe aren't on the top of their game per se, you know, Mm -hmm. or they aren't, you know, doing maybe what's in the best interest for the, the, the patient in my case or the client in front of them sometimes. And um, so you have to take that with, you know, when you get out there and you look for this type of stuff, you need to make sure it's properly structured. So you need to do your homework or you need to go with somebody like you guys who already has that in play. Right. You know, when people ask me, Matt, around the country, they say, well, why would I, why, why should I use uh, create talent? Because we do this. Yeah. You know, we've bought, all kinds of things with this. Um, um, as my wife would tell you, we've done a lot of things to our house and houses with this. We've bought houses with this. Sure. We've bought real estate with this. We've bought businesses using this. And the money starts to flow back in so fast, we have to expand our system. Sure. And you could see this even at 33 with six policies that by the time you're 50 or 60, you might have 50 or 100 policies. Who Probably. knows? Yeah, that's where we're going. And, and so, you know, what I think is really cool, and as we kind of just wrap up here, Matt, and I really, first of all, um, I think I failed to thank you for your time in the very beginning, because I think it's important to, for you being a young millennial guy, but also a successful millennial guy with a successful wife, by the way, both doctors, and I mean, right on the uh, launch pad of your life and career, you know, now there's a balance to this white coat investor mentality yep. to, to an alternative. Mm-hmm. We're not saying it's for everybody because this is a participatory sport, right? Exactly. Now, some people like to watch golf on TV and yep. some people like to play golf. Yep. This is only if you want to participate. We're not going to take, you know, people that do infinite banking, they have to do it. You've talked about here's what we did, what we did. And I like to tell people that in, with Create Tailwind, our clients are the hero of the story, right? If this were Star Wars, we're not Luke, right? We're Yoda. Yep. We're guiding you and you're the hero and you're going to get all the benefits, right? Exactly. So, yeah. um, you know, before we wrap up, the last thing I like to ask everybody is, is, are, is there one, two or three books that you've read in your lifetime that, or what book would you, that you have given away the most that you think has made a difference in your life? So two books I think okay. would be, well, three, one, um, I always put a plug into medicine. And so being mortal, it's a book about just, uh, you know, our mortality. And I think it's, a strong book from the standpoint and even can go to finances and stuff because it's a strong book to uh, understand that, uh, you know, we all at some point are going to die. And when that day comes, you know, you got to kind of have a plan and not just a plan about, you know, where, when, and all that stuff, but also a financial plan. I mean, you know, for some people that, that means different things. But for me, that's something that kind of got me to thinking about, uh, you know, legacy money. Um, Another book, actually, I think it was when I I took a class at SDSU and like it's ROCT or whatever the, um, you know, the military courses. And so it was like, I was a senior. And so I read this book by Colin Powell. I'm not, I'm actually an independent. 
So this isn't uh, going one party line with the upcoming elections and things. But it, I think the book, if I remember right, it's called It Worked For Me um, in Life and Leadership. And where I got out of that was he has these 13 rules of, of like life. And um, anybody that wants to look at him, all you have to do is Google it. But, you know, he had just a few of them, you know, one about don't put your ego so high that or don't put your position. So your ego so high that when your position goes, your ego goes with it. Um, just, you know, being able to stay humble with what you do. And then um, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. You know, really, you can make a lot of change, um, you know, just by keeping a positive attitude and that type of thing. So it's a book that's really interesting from a guy that uh, didn't come from a lot. And then the other one is um, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. He's uh, mm-hmm. He actually, you know, he won a Nobel Prize in economics with this book. I, yep. I, I remember right. And so I think it's, you know, it t- teaches you about a lot of our intrinsic biases as humans and how we think. And to be quite honest, I, you know, I, as I was thinking about this today, it actually, a lot of the different concepts that he talks about in this book actually does come back to like the infinite banking concept. And, That's awesome. you know, you look at, uh, you know, the way that the infinite banking for me, at least, you know, there's this concept, um, was it the prospect theory versus the maximized utility where maximum utility is like, you try to get as much, like it'd be, I just want as much money as possible. And I feel like that's the, uh, the, what, what the securities are like brought out to people. Like that's how we're taught when we're younger. Like that's how you get rich. Whereas, um, you know, the prospect theory is like, you know, it's more or less, you know, the way that you, um, the way that you, present something to somebody, you know, well, you can do that, but you can also lose a lot. Whereas in infinite banking, you know, you're guaranteed to get this amount. Um, if you really look at from human standpoint, most people would actually pick the infinite banking concept because of the fact that the, the, the negative downside behind it is so much less than, um, in my opinion, than, um, you know, doing it the traditional way. Right. Yeah. If you never lose money, it's hard to, crash and burn. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I used to tell people when I did, you know, I spent the first 15 years of my life doing uh, um, fi- a full service financial planning. And I would tell people I can design your plan where failure is or isn't an option. Yeah. Which way would you prefer? I never had anyone. Nobody say, said, oh, I'm okay with failure being an option. Nobody. Then I just want the max. Yeah. Nobody ever says that. And yep. so that's a great point. Now, by the way, I'm really glad you threw in that third, the, the um, third book of thinking fast and thinking slow. Is that what the name of it is? Yeah. 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 Cause I've read that now mm-hmm. shows you, I can't, I, you know, that I, that I can't repeat the title as, as quickly as I wish I could, but the first two books I had and I thought is Matt, am I really getting that old? Matt's going to come up with three books I've never even read. No, so, no, no. All, all right. So at least I got one out of the three, but I got two good books to go get and uh, check out. And I really appreciate that. And I can't thank you enough for your time and, um, and uh, all the best to you and your family. And man, I'm really excited that, that to have a young guy out there representing infinite banking and cash flow, real asset investing and, and create tailwind in such a positive way. So Matt, thank you so much. Have a great day. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.